As we continue our discussion of Shemitah's inner message, we are now ready to approach the most primary parsha that deals in the Torah with Shemitah, and that is Parsha Bahar. But in fact, as we pointed out in our initial shiurim, Parsha Bahar does not really deal with Shemitah, as the word Shemitah does not appear in any form in Parsha Bahar, but rather speaks of Shabbat Ha'art. And in order to understand what Parsha Bahar teaches us that we don't know beforehand, we have to do a quick review of the two other times in the Torah that we saw a mention of Shemitah beforehand. The first time Shemitah appears in the Torah is in Parshat Mishpatim. It is here in Parshat Mishpatim that the Torah describes what we saw as the social aspects of Shemitah. In the context of Parshat Mishpatim, which is the mitzvot, Bein Adam L'chaveiro, that are taught to B'nai Yisrael at Har Sinai, there the description is of Shemitah in the context of allowing for one's animals to rest, L'man Yanuach Shorcha V'chamorecha, and V'yinafesh V'namatcha V'ager. And in order for there to be a spiritually uplifting rest for all of humanity. There as well, the Torah describes without any limitation that the, fu- the fruits which grow in your field are not yours. They belong to everyone. The poor of your nation and even even the animals, the wild animals will eat. You do not retain ownership. Your produce, that which you have, is given to others and allowed for them to take it almost as if they are equal owners to the actual owner of the field. And we described in the previous Yurim what is the social aspect which is so fundamental within Shemitah and Shabbat as well. But here, the Torah does not describe the year as anything more than Vahashvi'it, the seventh year. But the verb there is used, Tishmitena, that in the seventh year there be some type of Shemitah, some type of release. There, Shemitah is not described as Shabbat, but it is written right next to Shabbat. And because it's written right next to Shabbat, we saw the Alshich and others speak about Vinafash, that this Vinafesh, this spiritual uplifting, this Nishami Yetera, not only exists on Shabbat, but exists in Shnata Shemitah as well. Because Shemitah has this spiritually uplifting element of Shabbat as well. That is the first time that Shemitah is mentioned in the Torah in Parsha Mishpat. The second time is really only mentioned according to Rabbi Akiva. It is there in Parshat Kitisa, where after Cheda Egel, there is another description of almost all the mitzvot that appear in Parshat Mishpatim alongside Shemitah. But there is no explicit mention of Shemitah. Rabbi Akiva though understands that in the Pasuk there that describes Shabbat, Sheshet Yamim Tavod V'asit Kamachtecha, there, the conclusion of the Pasuk, Uvayom Ashit Tishpot, Becharish Uvekatsir Tishpot. The specific mention of resting with one's plow and one's harvesting is actually a reference not to Shabbat itself, where there are 39 malachot, but actually a description of Shemitah. But not only Shemitah, Shabbat Ha'aretz, Becharish Katir Tishpot, Shabbat Ha'aretz extends beforehand and afterwards. This was the source of Mosif Mechol Kodesh of Tosefet Shvi'i, which we saw is an expression of the longing of the Jew for the experience of Shvi'it, the desire to have it even in advance, the understanding of Kedusha, Kedusha Tzman and Kedusha Makom, the Kedusha in time and the Kedusha in place, which is found in the mitzvah of Shabbat Ha'aretz. Those are the two previous mentions of Shemitah. However, in Parshat Bahar is the major focus in the Torah of the mitzvah Shemitah. And it's here that we not only confront the mitzvah Shemitah, but immediately afterwards the mitzvah of Yovel, and immediately after that a number of mitzvot, which are also connected, 
agricultural as well as economic mitzvot, which are connected to the whole outlook that the Torah provides through the mitzvot Shemitah. Let's begin by understanding these psukim, and alongside we will note certain fundamental issues that arise in these psukim that will have to be discussed on their own as well. The Torah begins in Parshat Pahar, Vaydaber Hashem Moshe Bahar Sinai Lemor. The Torah <coughs> refers to Hashem speaking with a lashon of Vaydaber, speaking in a more harsh context. Vaydaber Hashem Moshe Bahar Sinai. Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu in Har Sinai Lemor. Here, Lemor is a description of something with Amira. Amira is usually used in a more soft language. And therefore, we're going to have to question, as, is this description of a mitzvah in harsh dibur, or lamor? As the Torah itself says in the next Pasuk, again, Daber al-Bnei Yisrael va'amartalehem. Speak, again, dibur with harshness, while at the same time, va'amartalehem, and speak with softness. Evidently, there is a dual character of Shemitah, one which deserves a dibur, a harsh expression of the will of God expressed in the midst of Shemitah, and one va'amarta, a softness, something in Shemitah to long for, to be excited about. That is issue number one we'll discuss in a moment. However, the most fundamental question that most people associate with the description of Shemitah being found in Parshat Bahar is, Ma inyan shmita etzel harsina. As Rashi says, why is the mitzvah shmita taught by harsina? And in fact, this is an extremely important question where the, dis- the answers given to this question are of such fundamental importance that it's going to deserve its own discussion. But let's just understand the question for a moment in order to be able to understand the mitzvah shmita in context. At the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, the first pasuk, we are told, Vayikra Hashem Moshe. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared, called upon Moshe Rabbeinu, in the Mishkan. All the mitzvot of Sefer Vayikra until Parshat Pahar are taught in the Mishkan. However, the end of Parshat Pahar, starting from the end of Sefer Vayikra, starting from Parshat Pahar, Parshat Pahar and Parshat Bechukotai were both taught in Har Sinai. And here the Torah tells us, not only were these mitzvot taught in Har Sinai, but the beginning of the mitzvah taught in Har Sinai is mitzvah Shemitah. And therefore the question is, Ma inyan Shemitah etzel Har Sinai? We already pointed out that in truth, the question could be reformulated. Here in Parsha Bahar, there is no description of Shemitah at all. In fact, the word in any context does not appear. The only description of Shemitah, the Shemitah year, is through Shabbat an expression of the year of Shabbat, but a unique form of Shabbat. And therefore the question should in fact be reformulated, Ma inyan Shabbat ha'aretz, Eitzel Harsin. But in truth, that question we're going to put aside for a moment. In order to be able to understand the overall message of the description of Shemitah as it appears in Parshat Bahar, to understand the difference in the way it appears here in Parshat Bahar as opposed to the large discussion we had in Parshat Mishpatim, and therefore to understand the uniqueness of the Shemitah that is rapidly coming upon us. The Torah here describes Shemitah as follows. When you come to the land, the land which I give you, 
Not the land which I gave you, Asherani natati lachem, but Asherani noten lachem. Noten is used in the present tense. The land which I am giving to you now. It's a very unique description of Eretz Yisrael. Something which we'll have to understand in a few moments. And here the description of the mitzvah, Shemitah v'shavtah ha'aret Shabbat Lashen. You Jewish people, you're familiar with the mitzvah of Shabbat every seven days. Well now you should understand that there is going to be a Shabbat of the land. In fact, we don't know yet when. The next passage tells us, Just like on Shabbat for six days, you work the field, now for six years you plant. For six years <coughs> you work the fields, and you gather in what grows. But in the seventh year, Shabbat Shabbaton Yela'aretz, Shabbat Lasha. There will be a Shabbat for the land. A Shabbat la Hashem, a Shabbat for Hashem. And in that year, you do not plant, you do not prune, and a Tzviach Kitzrecha lo even things which grow, you cannot plant, you cannot harvest normally. Again, Shnat Shabbaton Yelart. Another, it is a year of a Shabbaton. And here the Torah tells us, what are you supposed to do? This is a year where things grow. You can't harvest normally. You can't plant as you would in other years. What should you do? This Shabbat will allow you to eat from the land. But not only you. All those, your servants, the neighbors that you have, everyone will be able to take part in eating the food. And for the animals of the earth as well, your animals and the chaya, the wild animals, they will be able to eat. This is the little description of Shemitah that appears. In truth, immediately after is the mitzvah of Yovel, and then there is a return to some of the elements of the mitzvah of Shemitah, which we will see later. However, the short description of Shemitah, taught in the context of Bahar Sinai Lemur, is this description of Shnat Shabbat Ha'art. Now, let's think about this for a moment. We're familiar with Shabbat. We're familiar with Shabbat, the weekly Shabbat. Who's that Shabbat for? On the one hand, the description of Shemitah here as Shabbat Lashem appears one other time in the Torah, and that is in the context of Shabbat Bereshit. Shabbat Bereshit is also known as Shabbat Lashem, and therefore Chazal tell us Kishem Shenemar Shabbat Lashem b'Shabbat Bereshit, Kenemar Shabbat Lashem b'Shabbat Haaretz. Rashi here as well points out Shabbat Lashem means a Shabbat l'Shem Hashem. There should be a purpose in a person's resting. A person does not just rest in order to be to be renewed physically, but there should be an element of a spiritual uplifting that comes through this rest. However, this root Shabbat, which, as you guessed it, in these seven psukim appears seven times, this root Shabbat is a description of a Shabbat dedicated to Hashem, but a Shabbat not of man, but a Shabbat of the land. Vishavta ha'aretz, Shabbat Lashem. Shanat Shabbaton ye la'aretz. 
Shabbat Shabbaton, Yeh La'aretz, Vaita Shabbat Ha'aretz. This is a little bit of a wild concept. It almost seems as if the land is a personality. Almost as if the land is a person. The land itself rests. And because of this description of the Torah, there's room to believe that Shemitah Ha'aretz, Shabbat Ha'aretz is not at all connected to man. It's a mitzvah in the land itself. What's it mean that it's a mitzvah in the land itself? Well, one of the prime discussions in Shemitah is what happens if a person decides not to lie, not to allow others to take the fruit of his field. If it is Shabbat Ha'aretz, if it is a Shabbat of the land, unconnected to the owner, then a person can go into somebody else's property and take the fruits, because when all is said and done, the land is resting. The land is not allowing anyone to declare ownership. This is one of the prime discussions in Shemitah that we'll have to discuss. Is Shemitah afkata de gavra? Is it something that man has to accept upon himself? The mitzvah of Shemitah? Or is it afkasa de malka? That HaKadosh Baruch who came and said, the fruit does not belong to you. This is one of the questions because Shabbat Ha'aretz would seem almost as if man has no prerogative in the Shemitah. HaKadosh Baruch was declaring when you come to the land of Israel, recognize the Shabbat of the land. But it is not dependent upon you. The Ibn Ezra in these psukim goes so far as to say that Shabbat Ha'aretz is so connected to Shabbat Bereshit that the same way in which one cannot allow others within his jurisdiction to do malach on his behalf during Shvi'it, one cannot allow even non-Jews to perform malacha on his land during the Shabbat of the land. This is a mitzvah of Shabbat, which encompasses not only the individual himself, but anyone around him. This concept of Shabbat Ha'aretz essentially tells us that Parshat Bahar is directing us to relook at the mitzvah of Shemitah. The mitzvah of Shemitah is not only that which is presented in Parsha Mishpatim, with the social aspects, with the concept of Shemitah as something which is beneficial to mankind. What we described last week is both a mitzvah bein adam l'chaveiro and bein adam l'mokom, as well as a mitzvah bein adam l'atmo. It allows a person to recognize God's stake in that which he owns. It allows a person to provide for others and allows a person to be directed in his economic life to HaKadosh Baruch However, Parshat Bahar adds a completely new ideal. This is a Shabbat of the land. Eretz Yisrael is unique. And Eretz Yisrael's uniqueness is expressed in that the land itself has a Shabbat. In truth, it's worth mentioning something which is little noticed. If we look back in Parshat Mishpatim, there is really no explicit mention that the mitzvah of Shemitat Ha'aretz is limited to Eretz Yisrael. True there, there's a description of Artsecha, that there will be a Shemitah on your land, but there's no, your land could easily have been understood. It's not referring to Eretz Yisrael, but referring to your personal land. Here, however, in Parshat Bahar, the Torah tells us very clearly that this is a Shabbat of the land. It's not applicable anywhere else in the world. There's nothing to talk about. Why would that be? Because Shemitah and Parshat Mishpatim are the social and economic aspects of Shemitah which in, essentially tell us that the mitzvah of Shemitah should be applicable throughout the entire world. At the end of the day, there's a condition 
for the social mitzvot to apply, and that is that you be in the land of Israel. However, when it comes to Parsha Bahar, there's no concept of Shemitah outside of the land of Israel. Shemitah is a year of Kiddushat Makom. It's a year where the land of Eretz Yisrael shows its true color. Where the land of Eretz Yisrael shows that it's not like any other land. And where the Jewish people recognize that in order for them to be connected to the land of Israel, they have to recognize the unique nature of the land of Israel. Immediately afterwards, after we learn all the mitzvot associated with Shemitah, we will learn about the brachot uklalot in Parshat Bechukota. And there the Torah will tell us very clearly that Shabbat Ha'aretz, observing the Shabbat of the land, is a condition for being able to live on the land. Only one who recognizes the unique nature of Eretz Yisrael, as expressed in the midst of Shemitah, only he can actually have the gift of living on the land. And therefore, Parsha Bahar tells us in no uncertain terms, recognize Shabbat Ha'aretz is unique to the land of Israel. Now, seemingly, the description in Parshat Mishpatim, where the social aspects and no explicit focus on this being in the land of Israel, seemingly is meant to teach us something else. The social aspects of the economy, which are taught through the mitzvah of Shemitah, this is something which a person should try, even if they cannot be in the land of Israel, to have throughout the world. Where one recognizes that the purpose of one's land is not only to grow their own wealth, but to be able to provide for others. That is something which is universally applicable for the Jew. However, Parshat Bahar tells us, the unique nature of Shemitah is a Shabbat. It's a Shabbat of the land. And as a Shabbat of the land, it can only be limited to the land of Israel, to the special land. Now, the fact that it is a Shabbat Lashem also is supposed to affect the mindset of an individual who is leaving his land fallow. The Svorno tells us that Shabbat Lashem, the fact that this is described as Shabbat for Hashem, Shetiyakol Hashana Havtala Meavodat Adama Muchenet Lavodato Kemoshe Kivain Beshabbat Breshit Bamro Shabbat Lashem Ulkech. Says the Svorno, the description of Shabbat Lashem says that when a person is not working his field for an entire year, they should be directed that they are doing this for the purpose of worshipping HaKodesh Borchu. What does this mean? So a number of them before point out, in fact, when a person does not work the land, there is clearly going to be a benefit to the field as well. If a person is forced to leave his land fallow at the end of the day, the nutrients in the field will be able to reproduce themselves. However, that should not be part of your mindset. The Chizkuni says, Shabbat la Hashem, siman shakarka sheli, shehi shovetet lishmi. By the fact that you're willing not to plant the land, for one year, you are essentially acknowledging that the land belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. <clears throat> Rashi says, Shabbat L'Hashem, L'Shem Hashem, what's that mean? Explains the Chizkuni, Klomar, Lo te kavanatcha lo vira kedei letaiva, ele kedei lasot mitzvah HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Chizkuni says, even though there's a realization that this will benefit the field, don't do it for that purpose. Have this year as a Shabbat Lashem. Do it for the purpose of allowing the land to be a land dedicated to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to recognize the unique aspects of the land of Israel and the unique promise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our living in the land. In order to gain a better understanding of this, we have to view the beautiful Perush 
of the Ura Chaim HaKadosh. The Ura Chaim HaKadosh makes reference to the two things we said earlier. On the one hand, there is, both in Pasuk Aleph as well as in Pasuk Bet, there is a description of two different forms of speech that HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides in this mitzvah. On the one hand, Vaydaber Hashem HaMoshe, Bahar Sinai Lemur. Dibur and Amira. Pasuk Bet as well. Dibur and Amira. Why is there a need to use both expressions of speech? That is one issue that the Orachai Makodoshi expresses. The second issue which he discusses is why does the Torah describe the land of Israel, Asher Ani Noten Lachem? Why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu describe the coming to the land that I am giving you now in this present form? Noten is not past tense but present tense. The Orachaim HaKodosh deals with both of these issues. And he points out a beautiful thing. On the one hand, he says, the Dibur, the strict expression of speech, is a reference to the fact that there's an element of Shemitah which is very difficult for mankind. Amira, on the other hand, is a reference to the part of Shemitah that is very beneficial. He says, <coughs> the Lashon of Dibur is keneged miniat avudat adama in order for a person to feel that their land is growing, a person needs the ability to plant. A person needs the ability to allow that which he has to grow. For an entire year, a person will not be able to do so. And therefore, the expression of Dibur is a recognition of the fact that there's an element of Shemitah that is very difficult. However, the Lashon of Amira is the fact that a person has the ability to use his field to provide for others. Ability to not have to worry anything particular, wow, is my crop going to be good this year or not? A person can use their field in order to provide for others. This is the Amira, the language of the Torah which refers to that inner aspect of chesed of every Jew who wants to provide for others. That is the first explanation that he provides. The second explanation, though, of the Orachayim HaKodosh says as follows. The Lashon of Dibur is the fact that this is a mitzvah of the will of God. This is an expression of the will of God and therefore accept the mitzvah upon yourself because it is coming from God. However, because there is also a social aspect to the mitzvah. So therefore the word, Amarta is used as well. This social aspect is because any king, be it HaKodosh Baruch or anyone else, could make a law that is beneficial to society. And therefore, although we are fulfilling this mitzvah as an expression of the will of God, we also recognize the positive aspects of the mitzvah. But it is here that the Orachayim HaKadosh goes one step further and explains why is it that the Torah uses this language of At first, the Orachayim HaKadosh says, there is a clear description in this pasuk of a conditional giving of the land of Israel. In order for you to be residents of the land of Israel, you have to realize that it was not given to you unconditionally, but it was given to you with a condition. And that condition is expressed in That condition is expressed in the mitzvah of Shemitah. Fulfillment of the mitzvah of Shemitah allows a person to have a proper recognition of the whole settlement in the land of Israel. And therefore it is through this mitzvah that I actually give you the land. If a person does not fulfill the mitzvah of Shemitah, what would appear at this point is his whole connection to the land is destroyed. So says the Orachayim HaKadosh. 
However, the Or Achayim HaKadosh says, if you read the Pasuk carefully, you see that this is only 90% true. What does he mean? He says as follows, who just said, on condition that you keep the mitzvah of Shemitah, it would mean that if the Jewish people failed to keep the mitzvah of Shemitah, their connection to the land of Israel would be totally void. There would no longer be a connection. And rather than receiving galus, rather than receiving exile from the land with a hope of return, their rights to the land of Israel would be totally, totally forgotten. However, Says the Orachai Makodosh, the Tnai, the condition that is given here, is in a very lofty manner. It is condition, if you want to live on the land of Israel, you must keep the mitzvah of Shemitah. But if you fail to live in the land of Israel, so the land will produce Shemitah of its own. You'll be kicked off the land, and you will not able be able to plant. However, you will have the right to return. Is that I am giving you the land. I am giving you the opportunity to come back. I give it to you at every moment. Make yourself worthy of the land of Israel. If we look at this in a historical context, we can look at the return to the land of Israel that we have seen all the way from the time of the Tamidim of the Gra, the Tamidim of the Baal Shem Tov, through the agricultural settlements that have come after, till we come to the present day. The return to the land is the return to the understanding of the Orachayim HaKadosh, Ashani Noten Lachem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu not only gave us the land of Israel once in our ancient history, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives it to us at every moment because of failure of using the land of Israel properly. We were unfortunately kicked off our land. We just experienced Tishabav. And kicked off our land meant that as Tirzeh HaArtz at Shabzotah, what we read in Parsha B'chukotai, the curses, the description of the fact that if you did not leave the land fallow, and you failed to fulfill the mitzvah of Shemitah, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will make sure that that mitzvah is fulfilled, whether you like it or not. That is the condition. However, as the Orachayim HaKadosh says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu continues to give us the land of Israel. And He waits for us to have that opportunity to fulfill the mitzvah of Shemitah. Now in our present day, as we await the mitzvah of Shemitah, as with that longing of the Tosef Shvit, as with the understanding of the Neshama Yitera, Vinafesh Benamatchava Ager, the elements of Shabbat, Bereshit, that are experienced in Shabbat Haaretz, we're able to understand in no uncertain terms that the land of Israel is ours. And that the land of Israel is given to us in order to be used on a completely different level, in order to be able to experience a Shabbat Lashem, where the land of Israel to a certain degree is a personality of its own, where the land of Israel is resting, whether we decide to let it rest or not. The idea is, are we going to take hold of the Kedusha? Are we going to recognize Hashem's part in our settlement in the land of Israel? That is the question that not only Shemitah, but Shabbat Haaretz poses for us. Are we going to recognize the unique calling of the land, the call for a Shabbat, the call for a spiritual solitude, a time and place of a unique sanctity? That is the question of Shabbat arts. And if we refer back to what we saw last week, the concept of the Neshama Yitera, the concept of this added expanded soul, which is the description of Shabbos that appears alongside the description of Shemitah, to understand this Nishama Yitera, we have to look at the verb Vinafesh. We are told by Shabbat 
that HaKadosh Baruch Hu not only rested Shavat Vayinafash. Rashi explains Vayinafash is a Lashon used for rest. But the question could be asked, why use such a unique term? A term that appears in the Torah only in the context of Shabbat. Why use that unique term? Rav Hanan Poratata has a beautiful explanation. He explains as follows. Clearly the Shabbat, the reference to sleep here, the reference to rest, is not merely a physical rest. What type of rest could be non-physical? So let's look at it in the context of dreams. When a person goes to sleep, a person dreams. Chazal tell us that a dream is one-sixtieth of prophecy, one-sixtieth of nevuah. To the point that to a certain degree, even if a person's not tired, there's room to go to sleep just in order to dream. Chazal tell us that Alan shivat yamim below chalom nikra someone who goes to sleep for seven days and does not dream, is called bad. What's that mean? So one understanding is this is a siman, this is a sign. If a person <clears throat> doesn't have dreams, so, you know, evidently HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not interested in speaking to him in any level of prophecy. However, the Gra and others understood this as a siba. This is a reason. If you are not dreaming, there's something wrong for, with you. And in fact, if you go seven days with a Shabbat, and you cannot dream, and you don't recognize that the purpose of your rest is something bigger, that the purpose of your existence is something bigger, then you have failed, and therefore you are bad. The purpose of Shabbat is to have a rest in order to be able to dream. The purpose of Shabbat is to recognize that the world we live in is a chalom ya'uf, is a fleeting dream. Are we going to make something of that dream or not? Rav Kook tells us, HaChalomot HaGdolim Yisod HaOlam Heim The big dreams, they are the foundation of the world. If a person allows his existence only to be focused on the physical, then he doesn't have dreams. But if a person allows for a dream, being able to dream is being able to recognize the inner beauty and the inner meaning of the world. This inner beauty and inner meaning can be experienced through the Nishama Yitera, through a recognition of an added element to our existence, through a recognition of something more. And this is experienced in Shabbat in one level, but experienced in Shabbat Ha'aretz Shemitah in a completely different level. The Navi tells us, Hanotein Nishama La'am Aleha V'ruach La'holchimba. This pasuk is used by Chazal to tell us that even one who walks four cubits, four amod in Eretz Yisrael, is called a ben olam Abba, because veruach leholchimba, people who go and step and walk in the land of Israel, they experience something special, and they get an added ruach. However, if we read the Pasuk carefully, we see that this ruach, this added level, applies to anyone who walks in the land of Israel. But, hanotein neshama la'am aleha. If you want to get that extra neshama, if you want to get that highest aspect of the soul, where one's intellect is the driving force in his personality, where one is able to recognize the purpose, the dream of the world, then you have to be a part of the land. You have to live in the land. You can't just walk and you can't just tour and you can't just have a summer home. You need to be able to be a resident, 
to be able to be someone connected to that inner calling, to that Shabbat Haaretz, to that dream of the land, a year worth of a dream, a year worth of a spiritual solitude. Can't wait till it happens. Bye-bye.